You know, the De Palma's pitch was something like, how about rear window? But if Jimmy Stewart was just a total pervert. Jamie? Okay. Steve? Yeah. Let's go watch Body Double. Welcome to another episode of Good Times, Great Movies. We're an 80s movie podcast where every other week we watch a different movie from the 80s and then we talk about that movie. I'm one of your two hosts. My name is Paul McCambridge. And with me, as always, possibly with rear projection behind you. I'm not sure if you're driving with rear projection this screen or not. I'm with just rear spinning projection. around. Okay. I'm just spinning around. I'm not on a circle bed, but I am just uh-huh. rotating around. So you're <laughs> saying all. you're on a beach. It's just, yeah. it's okay. Making out with myself, really. All right. But okay. In a, in a rotating uh, but, fashion. But that's yeah. Jamie Lorello with me. And as everybody knows by this point, unless you're just joining us because you typed in body double in your, Maybe. you know, podcast search engine. And we're like, let's see how many people talked about this movie. We're joined by our special guest, Steve Guntley from Ultra 64. Steve, how are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry I'm late. I was in the little studs room. Uh, so I just needed, okay. a little, I needed to recenter a bit. Uh, but no, I'm okay. okay. Thank you guys awesome. for having me on. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem at all. Uh, before we get started, everybody, uh, because guests really confuse me all the time and I'm just never uh, sure what we're doing on this podcast anymore. Um, please go to our website, goodtimesgreatmovies.com. There you'll find links to our Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Patreon. Oh, where we have our latest Patreon episode is They Live, or as I think, Jamie, you called it about 20 times during our episode, <laughs> They Live, which is not the name of the movie. They Live! And if They Live... live. And if you are a patron, on August 1st, we cover a TV movie. And this time we're going to cover a TV movie from 1981 called This House Possessed, where I think a couple moves into a house that tries to kill them. So uh, go ahead, find our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash goodtimesgreatmovies if you want to check out that bit of nonsense. But we're not here to talk about nonsense today. No, no. <laughs> Not in the least. 100% here to talk about nonsense. A very so, serious movie. Yeah. Steve, very complicated, too. It's a very complicated murder scheme, if you ask right. me. So normally on this show, what we do is we really hunt and search for movies that have some sort of theme or whatever. It's an actor's birthday and blah, blah, blah. We try and tie it in. Or right. Now that we have guests on, we're allowing them to pick movies, and you have... 10 entire years worth of movies to choose from. Mm-hmm. And the thing I've been asking guests is why did you pick the movie you picked? And that's a great question when we talk to you about this. Ooh, movie. This is a, this is a very specific pull. I, I realize. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little shocked <laughs> you guys hadn't gotten to this one yet because uh, this seems like it's kind of in your wheelhouse of a uh, of, of perfectly sleazy 80 mo- 80s movies. Uh, I, I find this movie 
fascinating for a number of reasons. Uh, firstly, it's a really hilarious bad movie. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. a, it, it, it's, it's like it's a good bad movie. I think I think it qualifies as that. Uh, I think it's really interesting because it represents a time and a place more particularly than almost anything else. Like this is. 1984, Los Angeles, so perfectly. Yeah. It's so steeped in that culture and in that vibe that it, it exists as kind of an amazing uh, timepiece. I also think this is interesting uh, because it's basically, it's an $8 million fuck you. It is it is Brian De Palma <laughs> at the, probably arguably at the peak of his powers, making a movie strictly to spite his critics. Like the criticism that had been building up around him for years now with with Dress to Kill, with Blowout, with mm-hmm. all these kind of sordid movies that he does is that, uh, you know, he's got these prurient values uh, that he doesn't really respect women, that he rips off Hitchcock too much, that his movies are all sex and blood with and style over substance and everything like that. So with this movie, De Palma was just like okay, I'm going to make the movie that you guys have been accusing me of making all these years. Like, you you want sleaze? I'm going to give you sleaze. Like, right. you, want, you want, like, sex and murder and nonsense? I mean, well, I'm going to have one of my female characters murdered with a large rotating phallus, like, in the middle of the movie. You want Hitchcock references? This is like ripping off ten simultaneous Hitchcock movies at the same time. Like... It's it's wild, and I, I think it's just a really fascinating timepiece uh, uh, for this era in De Palma's career and this era in movie making. I mean, I appreciate you bringing this to us, because here's what I'll say, and people may disagree with it. I do not like Brian De Palma. I, I, I don't either. I could count, yeah, I could count the films <laughs> of his I like on one hand, and I'd still have three fingers down. Like... He's such a stylist that it, he's also kind yes. of hard to dismiss entirely. Like you have to watch oh, sure. him and stuff and just be like, I really respect the hell that he did that. Like I don't like anything else about this, but I can see what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. This film is just bizarre choice after bizarre choice. And some of them had me laughing, but I do my biggest gripe with this movie, and we'll get into it as you know, and as listeners know, we kind of go through the film beat by beat. Yeah. There are times where it just drags and nothing's happening. When he's following her around whatever, that mall or something, I was like, yeah. what is happening right now? It's like nothing. This is so boring. But then it culminates in, as we sort of joked about earlier, the weirdest rear projection rotation make out heavy petting scene. And I was <laughs> laughing so hard just watching that going, this is utter nonsense at this point in this movie. And I was totally happy that that's how that entire scene sort of ended but just getting there was really painful oh yeah yeah i think that is kind of a turning point literally for the movie because yeah. they're they're well they're turning on a big platform and it's it's a perfect example of like i i think i think they thought this would look good like i don't <laughs> think it's just like something where the technology didn't keep up i think they right. thought this would look good and then when it got in the movie, even De Palma was like, yeah, that doesn't really work. This effect doesn't work. I mean, we can't do anything else with it now. It's in the movie, but it doesn't work. Was it supposed to represent how confused he was and how taken advantage? He was taken for a spin, you know? Just like right. she was drilled to death. She was taken for a spin by his friend. Was that 
I was like, oh, is this where we're going with it? Oh, 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 the loose face, the loose skin face Indian man is actually somebody in disguise? What? And you could just peel that. I don't want to give too much away because we'll get there. No, but that that is one of those decisions like you you look at it. You look at, well, that, speaking of the makeup, it's like you look at it and you're like, is are we supposed to know that this is who this guy is because it's pretty obvious that this is who this guy is. Is this just the 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 makeup technology not aging well, or did this look bad in 1984? Right. You know, like uh, what did what did audiences yeah. in 1984 think of Wait, this movie? It, it's one of those things too where it it's kind of like I mean we talk about the Indian guy the whole time, and the first time he mentioned an Indian to the police officer, I was like, no. That's just a guy in a Halloween mask. Like, that's yeah, not yes. realistic yeah. at all. What are you talking about, you crazy person? Also, if you're going to cast somebody to be, like, an impersonator of somebody else, don't cast the man with the most distinctively shaped large head you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. Like, that head can only belong to true. one man. Like, what are we true, doing here? True, true. Uh, yeah. That head can belong to two men, because this guy is a bargain basement Corbin Burnson. This is, <laughs> Corbin Burnson was like, uh-uh, I'm too busy with L.A. Law at this point. I'm not yeah. going to be in your stupid movie, De Palma. So they got this guy. Yeah, yeah. Pretty All much. Right, but we should get into it. Well, have we said the movie? I mean, I know oh, we've no. alluded to it. But <laughs> I don't think we movie? have. <laughs> <laughs> already discombobulated. Body Double. So in case anyone does it, just needs to know, I'll just put it right out there. Body Double. Take a body, double it. it. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> or play. When, when go. this movie opens, it opens, like, the commitment to this bit of, like, I'm going to fool you into thinking that this is a horror movie by <laughs> running the actual credits for this movie over top of a horror movie in a horror font like yeah. it's Bleeding such a horror yeah. font yes, yes actually, it's animated it bleeds it's yeah such a wild <laughs> yeah. commitment to nonsense that makes no sense but i also love how it goes full circle and we get the closing yeah, credits like the in the same stupid horror font it. yep yeah, yeah. I love it I mean, so much. I already have a big problem with this movie within a movie because this does not look like a movie that exists. Like, this does not no. look like... This doesn't even no. look like a cheapy Hollywood movie they would make in 1984. This looks like a, a student film. And I don't think oh, Dennis yes. Franz yeah. is, like, fresh out of film school, you know? I don't know. I don't, who knows how old that man is, but yeah. <laughs> he, he was about 50 for the majority of his career. Right, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I do like the fact that later when he's going on those auditions, he does say like a low budget horror movie. It's such an explanation like, oh, no, no, we weren't supposed to take that seriously at all. Like, and I kind of want to watch like the, I'm going to call it the, you know, sex fluid vampire movie that this is like, it looks like De Palma, Phantom of the Paradise or, or somebody out of Rocky Horror is this vampire. It looks terrible it looks like a dumb joke. Yeah. And I guess that's the point of this. He's you also a punk see, rock vampire, dude. What yeah, I, mean? I think he stopped by uh, by Claire's and he got some sparkly <laughs> eyeliner and uh, got a Billy Idol hair bleach. And yep. uh, now he's a scary vampire. Yeah. And he's got, don't forget, he's got his teeth in. He put his little teeth in so he can suck your blood. And, and we get to see those but, for a very long time because uh, yeah. he does some of the best teeth flashing in the business. And he also just holds it forever because he's having like a claustrophobic attack right 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 well yeah which is his claustrophobia really gets in the way hardcore 
Um, yeah. It's really something. And this claustrophobia <laughs> seems to come out of nowhere. Like, this seems to not have been an issue in his career or possibly in his life since he was a child. And now well, it's, it's a it's daily sur- occurrence. No, no, no. He's got his acting class that is serves as his therapy where we get to hear about how it all started. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Playing a little uh, sardines, but I'm a sardine. Yes. <laughs> I was dying, but I'm a sardine. Oh, all right. <laughs> You be in that sardine when he can't breathe, and he's she's like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm a sardine. I'm out of breath. I need to be back so, in the can." So this um, is also our main character. The thing I found interesting about this movie is uh, apparently, Steve, you probably saw this too. That Columbia signed him after Scarface to a three-picture deal. Yeah. And this was the first movie. And after this, they were like, you know what? We're just going to tear up this contract and pretend like it never happened. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, this this was kind of a flop at the time. Like, not yeah. not a monumental. I think it made, like, $10 million on an $8 million budget sure. or something like that. So, like, it made mm-hmm. slight amounts of money, but not enough to really justify a big, splashy three-picture contract with De Palma. And... You know, he he was one of those guys who's kind of a lightning rod for controversy because of some mm-hmm. of the content in his movies. And I think after mm-hmm. Body Double didn't just, like, exceed expectations, it's like, all right, this guy isn't really worth the extra risk, you know? Mm. And then he, he, he even reboots, and he goes back to doing more mainstream stuff. Like, I think, yeah. is Untouchables his next movie or Wise Guy? Yeah, I think, I think. One of those, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but it's just, it's such a bizarre choice to, after you've worked with, Al Pacino and after Mm. you've worked with John Travolta your main character is the low point of this movie this guy has no charisma like there's no I have no interest in following this character I don't care what he's doing what's happening in this movie with Mm -hmm. him and it was so bizarrely refreshing when Melanie Griffith who I don't think is much better in this movie when an hour and ten minutes in she showed up and I was like at least this is a character. Like, at least she's yeah. doing something right now. So you didn't feel bad for him when he when he when he caught his wife. You didn't feel a little bit no. sad when when no. he didn't catch any clues that there was some uh-uh. giggling and laughing nope. in his apartment. And <laughs> yeah, he's the does, happiest man to get a hot dog ever. He does. Oh, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he does. Okay, so he freezes up at this uh, shooting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dennis Franz. Yeah. There's something great about listening to this guy call people babe that I found delightful because it's so out of character. But this is not a man who is... calls anyone babe. Like no. if he's doing the Hollywood sleazeball thing, like he doesn't call them babe. Right. No. Yeah. So he goes home, and clearly, as a movie viewer, you understand that his wife is having an affair. Well, She's... no, no, no. He doesn't just go home. Okay. Like I said, he picks up some hot dogs before <laughs> we go home, and we get a quick shot. Tale of the pup. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is in L.A. There, there are a bunch of like L.A. sort of staples. The L.A. Farmers Market. Um, not the Beverly Center. I think that yeah, the Beverly Center. But anyway. Well, and even the house that he, he's staying in is the Chromosphere, which is in on, yes. on Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, did you see how the, there's a man feeding a woman a hot dog? At one point, they do like a span, and I don't know. Oh I don't know. I was obsessed, and he was so excited to bring home the hot dogs. I was like, this man. Anyway, he brings home the hot dogs to find out his lady is getting her own hot dog. Come on back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> lady, uh, the, the film debut of Barbara Crampton, and already nude. Yeah. 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 Oh. Very, very she was not totally. She had somebody's hand on her left hip. Right. Oh, that's true. Yep. That's true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Jimmy, so I don't I, know if you mind, remember. I think the only time in this podcast we ran into Barbara, Barbara Crampton 
was in Chopping Mall. And she was oh, the yeah. one who uh. was like getting undressed and weirdly like sexually humming a song while she was doing it. <laughs> it was really great. And yeah, I enjoyed seeing her for all of the two seconds that she was in this movie. I but, did like the glare she gave him oh, when yeah. he catches her and she yep. just she, looks at him like, yeah. I, 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 that, that scene almost made me wonder if uh, Paul Thomas Anderson was paying tribute to that in Boogie Nights. Remember when William H. Macy <laughs> yes, walks in right. on his uh, wife? yes. And, like, the look on her face is also similarly, like, a, a steely, like, oh, I don't care if you're watching. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yes, so yes, yes. It feels kind of like a similar beat. But that scene yeah. is Good so call. weird, too, because we know what's going on. Of like we, can, we do. You, it's yeah. a, such a long scene where we have to go room by room by room. He looks at his dog. He looks at a room full of stuffed animals. Like, we need to walk through the entire yep. house. We hear her moaning at least uh-huh. halfway through this scene. Like, how dumb is this guy that we don't know? Uh, yeah, so it's yeah. already getting us off on a bad foot with this character. And this is a movie, like I said, I had seen this before, but I had seen it a long time ago. And when he's walking mm-hmm. through this house, like, they're establishing the hell out of every room. And I was sitting there going, why are they doing this? I thought this took place in like a spaceship home. Like I did not think it took place here. There's no reason for this. You're not building any tension or anything like that. We, as people who've seen movies before, clearly know what he's going to stumble upon, but it just, again, takes a really long time to get there. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you guys yeah. read that uh, De Palma originally wanted all the sex in this movie to be unsimulated? That was his that was his that was his big pitch. Uh, He wanted all the sex in this movie to be real. And I think Columbia pretty much immediately shot him down. But that was the initial concept behind this. Oh, my God. He's like, what is it? Bad I got bad idea, babes. Yeah. (laughs) Babes. babes? No, no. How about you, babes? I'd like to call in the babes of the board, please. So, but it does set us well, up, and I, I do want to talk about Craig yeah. Wasson a little bit. The, the, oh yeah, sure. The Go lead ahead. actor. I was looking at his career because I only knew uh-huh. him from Nightmare on Elm Street three. He's like kind mm-hmm. of the the authority figure okay. at the Mental Institute, and he's good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But he first of all could not get over how much he looks like slightly handsomer Bill Maher. Uh, <laughs> like, yep. Can't unsee when it. When he slicks his hair back later, I thought that was a different person for just a minute. Totally. When he's talking what? to her, I was like, who's this douchebag? What movie is this now? And I realized a second later, oh, this is our character pretending to be cool, he and just, I'm not gel into in his it. Hair, yeah. <laughs> well, and he, he was, I think he's well cast in the sense that, like, you don't want, you don't want a star in this part. I think Craig Wasson works because he is basically at the level that Jake Scully is in this movie. He's, mm-hmm. he's a workaday mm-hmm. actor. He's had some jobs, some acclaim. I think... Waston had gotten a Golden Globe nomination in the early 80s. I forget what the movie mm-hmm. was, but like a, a small kind of forgotten movie, but he was good mm-hmm. in it. And like he, he's he's but he's not like a name and he's not a face necessarily. He's just kind of mm-hmm. he's a guy, you know, this would be kind of yeah. like, you know, the real world equivalent of like Peter Scolari or someone like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah, and but, yeah, he but also, also suffers. Like you should have had someone and I'm not saying a name and I'm not saying a face, but you should have had someone with presence like i mean uh, i think of peter weller as a very uncharismatic actor and i think that this is this would be a great role for him he's not that interesting (laughs) unless he's a robocop but i think that you need (laughs) someone with some sort of presence this guy that oh that haircut it's i know it's of the day but 
It's really, really bad. And he's so <laughs> bland and uninteresting. And even at the end of this, I was like, so he's just a pervert. Like, that's all. Like, that's it. That's all this character is. There's nothing much behind that or beyond that. He also, he doesn't really benefit. He, he has the problem that a lot of actors in the 80s had of he was 29 when he made this movie. And he looks like a 50-year-old man. You know, it's just yeah. like when you, something about like, uh, like people in their 20s in back in the 80s looked way older than they were. Sure. Well, they so like pretty hard. And, oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. <laughs> it must have been. Especially yeah. an actor in the 80s. I think they were, yeah. You, you, yeah, definitely, definitely. There, there's certainly an element of that. But like he, he doesn't necessarily sell like the young struggling actor thing. So what we're left right. with is the movie doesn't really address it, but it's clear that he's a pretty bad actor. And also yeah. that he's just like, probably deluding himself a little bit being out there like maybe this vampire movie is kind of the best he's going to do <laughs> and i i want to see him waiting tables on the side like he has to have a side hustle well that's why he can't find a place to live that's why when he's he says right. that he cut he when he when he finds his girlfriend or whatever and he's got to move out of the place he's got to move out because it's her place yeah and he obviously yeah. can't uh can't afford to uh, yeah, is, get a place of his own. It so is interesting that he's not doing it. anything else, and we don't hear that he comes from money and this is just for fun or something like that. Because even one of the audition guys is like, well, you're working, right? That's pretty good. He's yeah, like, I yeah, 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 well, I, I mean, you know, so I, I, don't, I don't like picking on actors too much, you know, because I, I think that Wasson is doing the best he can with the character right. he was given because... Mm. You know, obviously the the claustrophobia thing is part of De Palma's big tie into Vertigo, right? Like that, this is really more than any mm. other Hitchcock movie. This is a Vertigo ripoff. Uh, mm -hmm. But the problem is, like Vertigo, Jimmy Stewart's character, his his Vertigo was uh, we knew the psychological roots of it. You know, he was traumatized by watching his partner die, and now he can't do this, this, and this. Like we don't know why Jake is claustrophobic. We don't know why he's so claustrophobic that it's like crippling to him and ruining his career. And like, you know, right. we, we don't we don't have any kind of inkling about what's going on with him. You could say, oh, his, his wife cheated on him. But the claustrophobia was happening before that even happened. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so like, so you're saying that instead of him talking about playing sardines, the opening of this film should have been a little kid hiding behind a freezer. <laughs> Yeah, oh, exactly. I would have liked that. I would have yeah. liked that. <laughs> Get and you something, saw him like, like sweating it out, nervous, and the brother's going, we're going to beat the crap out of you if we <laughs> find you or not, you little sardine. Yeah. And then like singing like, he's just a sardine. And then he's the vampire. Right. That's your opening right there. And you're like, what? What is this about? A kid in a game or vampire punk rock dude i don't know and then, and then yeah go ahead put boobies on the screen i don't care throw them at me <laughs> right at, that, yeah. anyway. at that point do whatever you want the audience has <laughs> already lost five minutes into this movie yeah, yeah. I, I think he just ends up in the end coming across as just kind of a simp he's just kind of like yeah. he, he he's a amiable enough guy but he's got no real backbone uh he doesn't really have many prospects and he's just kind yep. of a He's just kind of a dork, you know, uh, yeah. and he's in so deeply over his head in this movie. Literally at one point. I mean, this is his film. He's on camera continuously start to finish. Um, it's a Wasson vehicle. So, yeah, I just, yeah, and I don't know if this was to be a star-making performance for this guy, um, but I just, 
you know, it's easy to look back on something 40 years old and be like, well, that guy didn't do a great job at all. At the time, I I just don't, I don't know what was going on in De Palma's head. But from yeah. what you said, there was a lot going on in there and a lot of it was just meaningless nonsense. Yeah. He so, was very horny during the making of this, I'm going to assume. Right. Very. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this guy's going around, he decides, uh, you know, he's on a bit of a break from this uh, vampire movie that he's in because of his freak out on set. He's going to go around and do some auditions in the meantime and yeah. he runs into, I have a huge problem with just the the ruse that this guy is trying to play. Like, nothing about this makes any sense. Like, I understand that he's just trying to establish a witness to the fact that a rubber-faced Indian killed his wife <laughs> and he wasn't yeah. him. But, like, does he own that property next to his? Like, wouldn't the police be like, well, wait, you own that house? And that's where the guy said he saw somebody and you said you were out of town. And also is the guy that introduces the two of them in on this too, or does he just happen to be there? No, acting I buddy? think he just happened to be there. Oh, like, yeah. I think it's just the group of actors. Unless they do, you know, they keep running into sure. each other at auditions and stuff. And some of them wearing fancier scarves than others. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Been a giveaway that he was creepy. I don't know. I was like, wait a minute, this guy with the scarf, something's not right here. What's going on with that thing? Um, when we get the flashback and we see how this this friend who is what is his name the uh, the, gr- the actor's name is Greg Henry no, the, and uh, the, 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 ca- the character name. is Sam Bouchard yeah Sam that's right that's right yeah um, he's he's just a fellow struggling actor who meets Jake at an audition and just kind of right. like, kind of a casual thing and then like oh coincidence he bumped into him again and then I bumped yep. into him again and and then he was in an acting class with him yeah. They took an acting class together. That acting class was uh, something else. Jay, I he didn't take yeah. that acting class because the teacher's even oh, like, right. you're not even like... supposed to be here, are you? He's like, I'm not in this class, and we're leaving. I was yeah. like, okay, fine. Well, I don't know what's <laughs> happening, but great. Take him away. His acting class slash psychiatrist Therapy. appointment? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's so bizarre. It's almost like... It's like there's a bit of primal scream therapy in there. Yes, it's like yes. it's like this weird kind of like like I fully buy that this would be the kind of pretentious bullshit that they would be peddling at this sure. era in this part of Hollywood. Like like a failed actor trying to sell his own like method, you know, like uh-huh. I, I totally buy it in that sense. This scene goes on way too long, but I do yes. buy I do buy that this kind of acting class existed. Probably still exists. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's oh, like definitely. he's trying to He's tapping his shoulder, tapping his throat, trying to like wake up his chakras or something. Like, come on, get it out of you, scream it out of you. Uh, what but, happened? And that's the whole sardine story we talked about earlier. He's packed like a sardine. And that's, that's where awesome. we see that, like, that this really makes Jake feel like an inert character because it's like this is an easy thing. Like, you can't even yell. Like, he's asking you to just be on stage and yell. Like, why are you milking this? There's clearly something deeply psychological, yeah. like, preventing him from doing this, and we never look into it. No. no, it's not like this guy hypnotized him. He's like, tell me a story about when you were a kid, and he still can't scream yeah. and yell, but he appears to be hypnotized, but he's not. But he's in his psychiatrist's mm-hmm. office slash acting class. And then this dude takes him out for drinks. I also love how he goes in for a drink early and the, his bartender's like, hey, man, I thought you stopped drinking. It's like, boy, you have a really close relationship with this bartender best friend of yours. He's Even though you stopped drinking. You. Like, are you just right. hanging out in this bar every day not drinking? Like, <laughs> I guess so. He's way nicer to you than he should be. Yeah. So, so he goes out for drinks. 
with this uh, Corbin Burnson type character. <laughs> and um, he really gets to know him. Like he finally admits like, uh, I don't have a place to stay. My wife, they weren't married, but girlfriend was cheating on me. And I love how this guy's like, you had no idea. And they have a great laugh over this. It's like, this is not funny. And you should not be laughing at your poor friend or this guy you just met for this. But they really do have a great chuckle about how his wife uh, sort of cheated on him. And then well, she had a she had a glow. She had a glow. Sam Sam's like, I've never made a woman glow before. What was his line? He says, I have 16 years of good humping. 16 years of good <laughs> pumping. All right. That's a cross stitch yeah. right there. Yeah. Hang that yeah, you wall. You got to have that good humping background. There's some lines in this movie that made me chuckle a little bit. When he's practicing talking to her on the phone and he's like, uh, you might remember me as the guy who almost fucked you on the beach today. I really <laughs> thought that was pretty funny. I like that he decides, no, nah, that's not going to work. Right. Oh, you yeah. don't think? I mean, it could, but no, probably yeah. not your best choice. No. Um, but he's going to hook him up with this sweet house sitting deal. Hey. He's like, hey, I just happen to be going out of town and I just happen to be house sitting and you can come and take over. All you really got to do is water. Are you OK with plants? Because they have to be watered after six. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. And also, I expected more than what? Five plants? I expected a topiary. Just plants as far as the eye can see. He walks in. He's like, you see these five ferns here? Yeah, just water them once a day. <laughs> That's a oh, pretty okay. cushy deal. Yeah. That's a pretty cushy deal. <laughs> is there actually a friend or does he own this house? Like, I don't think he owns this house, but like, I know. Did he just did coincidentally? Did he the guy who lives here, though? So That's that he what I was. I was waiting like, for that reveal for him to open a freezer or something near the end and a body's in there. But yeah. I assumed he owned this property, too. This is not a house a struggling actor doing Seattle repertory theater can afford. Like, right. there's. Right. I mean, even if he is married to the the super rich lady, it's like no, you're you're not affording both of these properties, right. and if you do, yeah, like you said, you could trace it back easily. So it's just kind of a lot of coincidences. He just needed to happen to hear like this very sad sack fellow actor like uh, looking for a place to stay. <laughs> you needed to uh, uh, have your friend out of town so that you can house it in this house that just happens to be directly across from your wife's house. Right. It's, it's so many leaps of faith. And yeah, and that's what I, I wasn't sure what this guy's deal was because as the cops make very clear, his wife is loaded. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah. so is this a struggling actor who oh, somehow latched on, on yeah. to a very wealthy woman, but he's still trying to get this acting thing going? And for some reason, she's in his way. Like, we get no motivation for this murder or anything that he's thinking or what is going on in his day-to-day life yeah yeah we don't really get much but the important thing about this apartment is that telescope they've got a telescope in there right right. showing in the place and apparently he's got a favorite neighbor who does this elaborate dance masturbation routine in Mm -hmm. jewels before yeah. bed every night. every night like clockwork as as all of us do i'm sure you know we, we all right. have... and that's how i get my jewelry all set up i just Absolutely. put on my anklet and i just yep. grind on the bed and i, I just... open the shades to make sure anybody that wants to view it exactly okay. yeah whether they're working on your satellite dish or possibly <laughs> right. living in a house across the hill just hire some lady be in your house going la 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 <laughs> 
Pino DiNaggio does the score. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love that the dog doesn't bother her until later. Too. Yeah. The dog just stays and does his thing until until he's got to kill. Um, this like murder, to, this yeah. murderous dog that is his constant foil in this movie, I found absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Like at the end of this, I went, oh, the dog's in the back of the Jeep. That's kind of funny. Yeah. But also we yeah. sort of already saw this. But all right, yeah. let's keep doing this. No, this dog is definitely his nemesis. Like I think he's... He, <laughs> He senses a similar intelligence in Jake. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also like how this guy uh, sets him up at the telescope, spies yeah. on this woman. And when they're spying on her, yeah. they are both just, there's this happy music, and they're so happy, and it's just like, you know what? Who cares if we're struggling actors? We are watching through a telescope a girl <laughs> do her own little striptease dance. She doesn't even know I'm watching her. She's not even into me. I don't even know who she is, but this is all. What more, more does a man need? Jimmy, and then there's a rotating bed behind you that you we can are go two and, grown men aroused yeah. together in the same room. We are <laughs> <laughs> nothing better, really. It really is the little things, Jamie. It's just the little things in life that make it worth living. But it is like, and this hair, this routine starts with hair brushing. She's wearing a negligee that is see-through, but she leaves it open also. Yeah. It is, as you said, a very elaborate routine. And it, also noteworthy, we, we don't see her face during this segment. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. That's important. Yeah. We don't see her face. Well, it's cast I mean, in shadow, but we do see her rocking butt. So, yeah, yeah, she has. Oh, yeah, we do yeah. see her tush. And she yeah. likes to rub her tush because you would if you had a tush that cute. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. She uh, she wears a, uh, I mean, oh, I'm sorry, I almost said she wears a wig. She's got dark hair, which is kind of close to the actual woman's dark hair. But sure. it, really does look like a crazy wig that she's wearing um so later on that night after he's alone he decides i wonder what happens after this striptease possibly right. several hours after and that's when he witnesses like a domestic dispute in oh. this bedroom his commentary to the domestic <laughs> dispute is pretty great so some guy with a hat on comes in and she's got a safe where she gets yeah. her jewelry out of and she puts her jewelry on to do her little dance. Yeah. And he comes in and gets into the safe and they have a fight. I think he, he, he pushes her and I think he slaps her. And his reactions are like, Jesus, bastard. <laughs> that like was, these, that was love- a moment that I thought was effective. Like we're... We're mm-hmm. watching the entire movie through the telescope. Like we're getting the Pino DiNaggio kind of like a uh, uh, singy score. And then when he pans over to see that somebody's at the safe, the music cuts out. And yeah, then yeah. we just turn to just diegetic uh, sound of, of Jake reacting to what he's seeing, which yeah. I thought was actually a really effective technique. It's like, okay, the dreamlike reverie is over. There's some serious shit going down. Yeah. But the yeah. problem with this scene, and I don't know if you guys had the same issue. I watched this movie. I've, I've seen this movie three times. I watched it mm-hmm. two times with, with friends. And in both instances, my friends, when they saw the guy getting into the safe, they're like, isn't that the guy from before? <laughs> because he's got a gigantic head. Because and we've of seen, that giant head. He's got a very distinctive head. Wearing, wearing a zoot suit Even from the, the 20s doesn't yeah. uh, change that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Apparently he cosplays as Frank Sinatra when he's not like in Seattle. <laughs> and it's also a mistake that a lot of movies like this make, which is we have been introduced to two characters, unless yeah. you count Dennis Franz. But we've been introduced to two characters and yeah. now we meet a mysterious villain. And you're like, well, it's not the guy watching through the telescope. So no, who else yeah. could it possibly be? Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things. Yeah, if we had a bunch of characters, we could potentially lay this on. Right. But there's only one that it makes sense <laughs> for it to be. So, like, yes. you've kind of got that figured out. There comes a point, like, kind of jumping around a little bit, but there comes a point where Jake is starting to formulate his theory on who it is, and we mm -hmm. don't need to see his process for that no. part. Like, <laughs> there's never a moment where he's like, oh, my God, that might be blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. we, we don't get that revelation. He just kind of knows because we all know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the next day, uh, he finds out that he has been fired and replaced oh, from the yeah. film. So he goes, to, he goes to set and he yells at Dennis Franz. And Dennis Franz's reaction is like, nobody yells at me. Nobody yells at Dennis Franz. What are you doing? And he and has I him like kicked off set. The PA yeah. or whoever his assistant is is like, you just don't yell at him. He's the boss. Come on. Yeah. He's like shuffling Jake out of the out of offset. He's like, you just what were you thinking? You don't yell at him. It's a done deal. You've been fired. Yep. You've been canned. Mm -hmm. He's um, a little bummed out, but thankfully in a few hours, he could just watch more sexy hairbrushing <laughs> and dancing. Again. Yeah. So he does. It's the only way you get that lustrous sheen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but this time there's some creepo welding a satellite dish <laughs> next to her house. Does that have anything At to do night. with her house? Or, or is he just working independently for the county or something like i didn't know if this was her satellite dish or if he's just working but we see that he's watching this dance also and his oh, reaction yes. or hero's reaction of like you goddamn creep is kind of funny because i'm like you're doing the like, same what are you thing? doing dude? Yeah. yeah all right so yeah the the moment they have the close-up of they keep identifying him as an indian i don't know where they like came up with that but like because indians yep. fix satellites all the time absolutely oh that's a stereotype a common stereotype <laughs> yeah. about native yeah. americans it's horrible right. that's so yeah. jamie i can't believe you said that out loud on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> but i mean you know if you're if you're modestly schooled in movies and in film makeup and and in anything like that you're gonna see through this thing immediately yeah and jake is the only dumbass in the world who doesn't know that this is somebody wearing like a Freddy Krueger mask. Yes. Like, yeah. He yeah. looks Especially like when he sees him in the elevator and they like make eye contact kind of like, how do you not realize? And I think even so the patients on the elevator are like, who's that, you guy? See that guy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there were, there were close up shots. Like, I don't know, maybe it was just cause I saw Barbara Crampton earlier, but there are close up shots of him that make it look like the cover to from beyond the Stuart Gordon movie that she mm -hmm. did. Uh -huh. Like, it's just kind of this twisted, like, monster yeah. thing from another dimension and like that's what you look like like yes. you do not look like a human man <laughs> and also if you're trying to be subtle don't wear a mesh t-shirt what are you doing in every regard you are standing out you are a noteworthy looking man yes seriously yes it's true this and he first true. he first sees him through a telescope where his head is filling my television screen. I'm like, well, that's clearly a mask. Yeah. And he doesn't see that. This is when he's driving around the next he's, day and there's some guys who... in the farmer's market, yep. Some potted plants fell out of their truck. 
Yeah. And yeah. so they're just trying to put these things on. And they're, and all three cars are there. It's the Indians, Ford Bronco, and it's this sexy dancing lady who we've seen leaving her place. She's pulling and, out of her driveway. Yes, yeah. and he's on the road as well. And he's concerned about her safety, I guess, which is why he decides to tail her. And we get into the slog that is the part of this movie where he walks around behind her at a mall. Doing a terrible job of, of pretending or, or wanting her not yeah, to know. Yeah, when she tells followers. him later, like, I knew you were following me. I'm like, well, yeah, because he was like two feet behind her. Not even. like the whole He time. was literally having a claustrophobic attack against you in the elevator. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yes. he, so far, like, we've had a lot of rear window, you know, with mm-hmm. the with the peeping. We've had some notes of strangers on a train with like the fortuitous meeting between two strangers, like making a deal. And now we're getting into the very long protracted vertigo scene. Like this is clearly De Palma trying to recreate where Jimmy Stewart is following uh, uh, Mm. uh, uh, Kim Novak around San Francisco, you know, and this is a largely dialogueless scene. Yeah. Yeah. And where that movie is beautiful and it takes you to these wonderful locales in San Francisco. This is kind of really boring. And it's just you're in a mall. It's not interesting. It's not even like a fun 80s mall with like neon and arcade machines everywhere. It's like an upper crust like Nordstrom. No, it's a fancy Beverly Hills Center. Yeah. I, this is the when he follows her, when he shows just how creepy he is. Mm. And she goes to the lingerie store and he watches her through the window try on. First of all, I don't know why you have to try on a pair of underwear. You should know your size. Should and not fit be well. doing if it was that a whole too. nighty, I could see you want to make sure it, I don't know, yeah, sh- you, shows off your jewels well. But you she don't, tries you don't on know a who pair else of underwear. Trying those on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, she didn't. There was none of that plastic strip in there. The ladies know what I mean. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, she tries on a pair of silk underwears and he creepily through the window <laughs> and the store's clerk sees him doing it and calls security and is like, we have a problem. Like we have a straight on pervert. I will tell watching. you, I was rooting for security. I was yes. rooting for security, the security yes. guard to beat him up and take him out of this movie yep. at this point. Cause I'm yeah. like, yeah. right, yeah. dude, like there's, I get that you're fascinated and you want to know like, who's this creepy guy. And you feel this sense of like a need to protect her for some reason. But now you're just watching her change. You're just yeah. being a weirdo. Boundaries now, buddy. Boundaries. Yeah. Come on. You get to see her do her whole little masturbation dance. You don't got to watch her try on her silk undies. And then when she throws them away, pick them up and just be like, it's just a souvenir. I have that questions is about so that, bizarre. too. Why did she it's... throw them away? I thought she was in on this. Like, at that point, I'm like, she's in on this, I guess, now. And they're, she's trying to plant them on her. Yeah, it seemed like they were playing it like she was going to be a femme fatale type. Yeah. Uh, so she's played uh, by Deborah Shelton, who was mm-hmm. Miss America, nineteen seventy. Oh, uh, I kind can of a, see that Miss America glare in her. Yeah, yeah. Popular yeah. Uh, Playboy model a little bit after that. Never really acted before, but I think she. I think she a was on. Of, wasn't she in Dallas? For she a was long on a couple time? episodes of Dallas. Okay. Yeah, All and right. uh, that's not her voice. They dubbed over her voice with Helen. Oh Shaver. God! Uh, oh, that is that is one hundred percent not her voice. When they were talking on the voice. beach, I was like, this sounds. Like garbage. This looks like crap. I can't believe that this is a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. De Palma just wanted someone with a like a huskier voice, and I guess she's got a yeah. bit of a, like a Virginia accent. So like, whatever a Virginia accent sounds like. Oh, but yeah, uh, that would have been so cute. I don't. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. There. She's given an incredibly thankless role, so I don't want to pick on yeah. her too yeah. much. But like, I, I think it, it does feel like De Palma's trying to make you feel like she's in on something or manipulating something. Mm-hmm. She's wearing those big like 
bug sunglasses for most of her scenes right. where you don't get to see her eyes. Like, you don't get to see if she's aware that this weird Bill Maher is following her. Like, you don't get any, <laughs> like you don't really get any sense of, like, her culpability. And then the panty thing is so weird. Like, is she, was she throwing out her old panties, implying that she just, like, pooped herself or something and then wanted to get rid of the evidence? <laughs> or, like, is she, are these the ones that she just took out of the store? And she's well, was that just a him. show for him? Was that because she right. knew he was following her and she was like, well, I'm going to just continue this yep. whole thing and then just yeah. I mean, throw I, the panties away and he'll pick them up because he's a pervert. I do not <laughs> need my hand held through movies, but I really need like later on on the beach for her to be like, yeah, I put those in there for you. Or for her to say that sales lady, like, I'm just going to wear these out. Is that cool? And like you said, <laughs> those are her Something. old pair that she just throws away. I like, like the yeah, thought we, that maybe she soiled her first pair. <laughs> we need to close the gap here. Like, uh, by this point, it is very in keeping with Jake's character that he would take those panties out of the yes. garbage yeah. and keep them. But it is not really in her character to be like no. throwing out these new panties or or like leaving breadcrumbs for like this weaselly little guy. Right. You know, like yep. she is she's a Miss America. She's a knockout. She's a millionaire. Like, why yeah. is she trying to seduce this guy, this like beige corduroy man? <laughs> so so now I have a question. And and uh, Jamie, you well, I guess you and Steve alluded to the fact that there are some uh, Los Angeles monuments in this movie landmarks this, yeah yeah is this like little house that they go to is this a thing because you seem to be able to just wander onto other people's balconies and stuff just on your way down to the beach the, which doesn't make any their sense beach yeah beach terrace yeah, who, motel now, when they go to this beach house or to this it's a where are they who who is she I think where the, is she is she supposed to meet someone there is that why she's going there it's not clear exactly like i just kind of thought like okay does she have this she's just rich so she just has this other place so she can go be by the beach for a little bit like well but the, but she's talking to somebody on a payphone and she tells oh, that's him good like, too, when right. she makes the payphone call and he's just <laughs> clearly just listening to her saying no. nothing on his end to listening to her whole conversation about, I just need to talk to somebody. I'll just, okay, I'll be there just cause I need to talk. And he wraps up his call. Yes. Okay. Goodbye. Yeah, right. yep. Who is she uh-huh, talking bye. to? That's never paid off. We don't know no. who this is. Like, Mm-mm. like what that, that's just a plot thread that's left dangling. Right. Like we don't know who this was. No. Yeah. You want a third person following them at times because they're, the person she's been calling, you know, who's like, oh, yeah, you know, <clears throat> but yeah, it doesn't we don't get that. We don't. Get that. And again, he's he's just he's a very close follower when she's having this yes. call. <laughs> he's on a balcony two feet above her eye line. Like if she just looks barely up, she will see this man like drooling over the balcony watching her like, yeah, he is not being but subtle. It's for her safety. It's for her they safety. stand next to each other in an elevator. They make eye contact several times when he's yeah. following her. He's really bad he at it. He runs across the mall to get in an elevator with her. He was across the other side <laughs> of the walkway. Terrible at this. So they get to the beach finally, and he, this is when he wanders around the beach and then like hides, pretending that he's not watching her. And finally they have a little bit, the, the, the shortest amount of dialogue before... Oh. A crazy Indian runs out of nowhere and grabs her purse and takes off. And then there's the most brief foot chase until they get into a tunnel and his claustrophobia causes him to lose his mind, panic yeah. attack, 
breathing heavy, sweating profusely. And the assailant like takes something out of her purse and then throws her purse on the ground. And he like collects the contents while panting and not able to concentrate. <laughs> Yeah, there's a good bit of trying to keep it together. There's a good bit of sound editing in this scene when when yeah. uh, the the Indian does like this, like kind of woohoo sort of noise, like when he gets what he wants. Oh and they, yeah, they it seems like the the echo in the tunnel, and I think De Palma mixed some animal noises in there too, because there's kind of like this guttural quality to it that I thought yeah. was kind of cool. So do you think that the man that she's talking to on the payphone is her husband? telling her to meet him at this place because he knows that nearby there's a tunnel so that he can lose this guy due to his claustrophobia. Like, <laughs> it is, it's so wild to think that all of this has to be planned out somehow. But it, it, yeah. I don't think that was her husband she was calling because that's, yeah. that's who was this hitting make her. Sense, that's who she's trying right? to get away from. So like it makes no, the only way that her character makes sense is if she's somehow in on it and she's just not. So, like, mm, right. she just doesn't make sense. Or if this is something that she and her husband do, like, this is a weird sex game where she goes out <laughs> and buys panties mm. and he pretends to be somebody else and they rent a little place at the beach and they pretend to be strangers that meet and maybe this is just a thing. But again, none of this is explained. Unlike the end of the um, ah, the movie where he's in drag. Why, why oh, can't Dress to Kill, Michael Caine. Yeah, Dress to uh. Kill. Dress to Kill has the opposite problem, where at the end, a police detective explains that sometimes men like to wear women's clothing. For the last mm -hmm. 20 minutes of this movie, we have to listen to this guy talk about this and explain everything we just saw. No one explains anything in this movie. It's the exact opposite yeah, problem. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's way too dense. And like we do get the crucial scene once he's in this tunnel of of uh, the woman who we now know her name is Gloria Ravel because he looks mm -hmm. at her ID. Mm -hmm. She comes, she helps him out of the tunnel and is just overtaken by his political incorrectness <laughs> and just must have him. And we get that insane green screen, like rotating makeout shot. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be a dream sequence. These two actors are very bad kissers. You can just tell. Yeah. Sometimes you can just see, like, this actor does not know how to kiss well. Right, uh, right. Neither of them do. They do not know what they're doing. <laughs> There's some awkward ADR, like, moans and groans from her. Yes. Yeah. And he's yes. basically, he's, he's getting to second base with this woman he just met on a beach. Like, because, yeah. yeah. Just for but no your friend, he's taken like, by her, and she apparently loves a man just coming out of um, of an anxiety attack. It just really does something. Well, to her. give her my um, number, please. Yeah, yeah. Hell, she, she basically yeah. saves him, and I I can only imagine what is going through her mind as she's dragging this sweaty, panting man out from a tunnel. <laughs> I was like, she's got to be like, who is this loser that he can't? He ran out of breath. He ran at least 20 yards, maybe, but and then collapsed in a heap. Yeah. But you got the purse, and that's what counts. Right. You got yes. my purse. Yeah, yeah. Not realizing that her card key there is missing, but maybe she's got another right. set. Exactly. Yes. Um, so they, yeah, they make out. It's a weird, like we said, a weird rear projection, rotating makeout scene. Mm -hmm. As we mentioned, they seem to have little to no chemistry together. And then it's that night he's really getting up the courage to call her again, even though she talked about her husband yeah. before they made out. Yeah. 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 No, so, he, he's, he's working up yeah. the gall to call her. And then he, he gets a call from Sam. who's like asking for messages and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. 
He's watching Gloria get back into her house with her security guard. And then he sees none other than our big hulking Indian friend with the largest drill you'll ever see in your life. (laughs) (laughs) I like it later on when he's got to plug the drill in because (laughs) it's it's not that amazing. It's so amazing that that's a part of this movie. And also, again, Uh, I saw it. I knew it was happening, but... They make such a big deal out of this drill. And I'm like, why is he strangling her with the phone cord? Like, why isn't he using that drill? Why did he bring that if he was just well, going to choke Well, the drill at first is to just get into the safe, which he opened up last <laughs> just, time. Yeah. He knew the combination last time. But this time he wanted to be, you know, a little more showy. About oh, sure. It. So he brought his big yeah. drill in. Um, I mean, De Palma yeah, he, claims that he didn't see the phallic imagery the first time he when he was making this movie uh he does concede that he can understand he can understand why people made that connection uh i don't know if i believe that it was unintentional or not like there's a moment where the drill is literally between his legs R- oh, and he God, uses it yeah. to kill her like yes th- yeah. this is not subtle also yeah, is this made before or after both driller killer and Slumber Party Massacre. I think I, I want to say it was after both. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's absolutely wild. Drill killing. I mean, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. So, so he watches all of this happen, and he doesn't call the police or anything like that. He tries to call her. Yeah. She's attacked. I love it. Oh yeah. I love it when he does. Turn around. <laughs> It's a little too late, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Too late. He's got to like yeah. race to the scene. To like get there, and in order to pad out like oh. what should be a quick death, we have to take forever. Like he has to make a real big show of slowly advancing on her with this drill while he's gritting his teeth. Yeah. He's doing everything but going, yeah. I'll get you. Like it's very like old style, tie you to a train track style villainy. Uh, and it, yeah. she's saved by the plug coming out. But yeah. even before that. He strangles her with a phone cord. Doesn't oh, and we just see phone cord and her. feet and phone right. cord and feet. Doesn't kill her. And, yeah. I don't know if she headbutts her or something. Somehow. No, they collapse on the bed somehow together. Yeah, they both right? like yeah. fall down, knocked out on this bed. She gets mm-hmm. up. Clearly, there's a man who tried to kill her lying on the bed, and she very slowly decides to dial 911 on the phone that she's holding. Like, she doesn't try and get out. It's really funny that she just doesn't leave the room. You see, if she was selling this fear a little better, this could have been an effective scene because I, oh, I was watching, like, there was the close-up of the, the point of the drill kind of slowly yeah. coming close to her back. And I'm like, oh, yeah. this is going to hurt, this is going to hurt. But she's just not selling any kind of danger here. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's there's a way to do this where it is a really interesting scene and not as comedic as it comes across. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it yeah, wasn't helped. Like went. when she gets away, she's undone by tripping over the corner of the bed because yes. apparently she's made of feathers like this knocks her down and she's like she's like unconscious and going ooh ooh my head yeah. my head like she can't get away he's she still has plenty of time to get away yes. but apparently yeah, yeah, she's yeah. she's the Fabergé woman that there really is a funny 80 yard oof when she trips over the corner <laughs> of the bed i really found that hilarious and also as you mentioned Steve this guy is running toward this place, runs into these two other guys who are just out. Oh, I love that when he runs into these random joggers, these guys that are just out for a run themselves. And he's like, there's a lady being murdered. There's a lady being murdered. And the one guy goes, 
who cares? I yeah. thought that was really great. But I mean, yeah, so, he, he he jumps yeah. the fence. We get our first uh, run in with the dog. Yep. Which this is just is a, a great serious scene. dog like, attack. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell, uh, to the to the filmmaker's credit, I couldn't tell uh, which parts were a fake dog. Some parts seemed like a fake dog, but yeah. I couldn't tell if that was just the way this yeah. particular dog looked. But it looked I thought it, I thought it looked pretty good, actually. I was yeah, sort of impressed. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm always impressed by dog acting. When, when yeah. the dog actually looks like he's <laughs> killing the guy and ripping his throat out. They look pretty good. But I love how easily bamboozled our hero is because the murderous Indian just hides behind the open door to oh, the yes. bedroom. Yep, yep. Oh, not to mention, yeah. too, while he's fighting the dog, we get, you know, like, I think actually a pretty legitimately great shot of, like, the dr- bloody drill yes. bit coming through oh, the coming ceiling. Oh, coming down through the ceiling, yeah. yeah. Like, he's he's tied yeah. up with his dog, and it's not even, like, center frame. It's almost just like, oh, shit, this is also a thing I have mm-hmm. to contend with. And it's just like, yep. and, and you know, she's she's done. And then that's... That's yeah. the psycho element right here. Like the psycho element yeah. of midway through, kill what yeah. you think is your main character, and then right. the movie's going to have to take on a whole different tenor. And boy, right, does it ever. Right. Yeah, and I thought at this point, as we said, the movie kind of ratches itself up. We weren't sure what we were watching. You know, you could very well say the movie was boring up to this point. Now we just watch an insane murder, and somehow a character enters this. This cop who's got no time for him or his shenanigans is super fun. Like I really enjoyed this cop. He's like, I don't like you and you don't like me. Shut up. What are those panties in your pocket? You weirdo pervert. I I feel like he was the audience surrogate at this point. Like, even though we've, we've been along with Jake at this point, Mm -hmm. it's like we under, we, I mean, but that's, that's not to say we understand what he's doing, but we've seen him doing the things he does. And I'm like, right. Yes. Thank you. Somebody's calling him on this shit. I thought I was, I was worried this was just like an eighties boys will be boys kind of thing. Yeah. but no, this no, is. No, I like it. He's like, you're a pervert. You're a sex offender. That's yeah. what you are, buddy. You're okay. A, and I don't know that I believe anything you say because right. you're, you're a little bit creepy. Okay? Yeah. 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 I, I like it when he pulls the panties out of his pocket and he's like, it's a good thing you have an alibi. You know, those two yeah. joggers over there. I'd be running yeah. you in right now. Yeah. Plus yeah. yeah. That was lucky. Yeah. But no, like, Guy Boyd plays the, uh, the detective. He's really good. Oh my god! Yeah, he was he was hilarious and great in this movie, and again injected life into this movie when I sort of needed it. So now I find this transition great because it's been a very active evening for this guy. So what does your normal pervert do but go back to his rotating bed and watch a channel that seems to only show previews for porn films? And that's what he's getting into. Was this a thing? Like. I- I don't know. Like I, I, I remember your, our direct TV packages would show like uh, softcore stuff or whatever. You had to pay for sure. it, but like this is like an openly pornographic talk show. It seems like on, <laughs> yeah. on late night basic TV. Like, was that ever a thing? I don't know because it seems like a Playboy Playmate video. Like they're interviewing this woman, but I don't think in those videos the women started taking their clothes off while they're being interviewed. I mean, you would splice in things of them washing cars naked and stuff like that, but it wasn't right. during the interview process. And then to cut to hardcore pornography and <laughs> to say like, oh, pick this up at your local video store. This was wild. <laughs> and also just the... The fact that if this didn't happen, I guess he would have gotten away with murder. But also, if you're depending on this guy being a weird pervert, mm-hmm. maybe unsubscribe from whatever paid channel this is at this place before you let this guy come in. 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. And this is important because this is the introduction of Melanie Griffith. Like you said, right. more than an hour Over into this movie, hour we yeah. get to meet third build Melanie Griffith. And I mean, yeah. I think for I, I'm sure you guys have covered a lot of her on this show because I feel like she was pretty important for 80s yeah, cinema. I, like, I feel yeah. like we did um, we did Working Girl, of course, and we yeah. did Cherry 2000. Mm-hmm. Something um, Wild that, could be in there. And we like, didn't do Something one, Wild like, yet. Mm-mm. Oh, um, nice. But, yeah, that, that's But like that's I said, I, I found... I found her again very refreshing in this movie. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. in in Working Girl, she was the main star, and somehow she was overshadowed by Joan Cusack, who was just great. Like, anytime Joan Cusack yeah. was on screen, yeah. and even Harrison Ford was absolutely hilarious in that movie. And they kind yeah. of maybe his best performance. Her? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I I I totally agree. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But in this, I. I sort of love the character she's playing and I love the way she delivers the lines that she's given to say, which is nonsense lines. When she says you're a necrophiliac and she's like, do oh, not yeah. fuck me. Cause I'm not dead yet. I was just like, those are nonsense words that she's given to say. And she's delivering them in such a great way. I, I, I think this is a fantastic performance from yeah. Emily Griffith. She got a golden globe nomination yeah. from this movie. Uh, okay. Did she? She did. Like, and I think, I think she's bringing a great deal of intelligence and sympathy to this character that is not on the page. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. uh, De Palma wrote this character to be multidimensional. I think she's bringing all of it and kind of trying to fight through right. the, the very facile limitations that De Palma is putting on this porn star character. No, yeah. I was wondering, even even with the hairstyle choice, like this short, mm-hmm. spiky, blonde pixie cut, like you had your other leading... And I know she's got the wig on when she's imitating, but you would think the long, sexy, blonde hair, yeah. you know, and that's not... She's going for this very, I don't know, different uh, look. And yeah, I like when she sets her boundaries, her rules for when she, when she thinks he's her producer and going to put her in a movie. Oh, man. And she's what got a, specific yep. rules, like no How animals... Amazing. That must have been like jarring to see this in 1984 and hearing the words "come shot" on an, in a major yeah. motion picture. <laughs> like you're hearing her list off this yeah. like this list of she uh, shave things. Her pussy. She yeah. Yep. Yeah. She's saying all these dirty words, and I'm just like, yeah. Well, I, even me, I'm just watching this. I'm like, whoa. Okay. You're like <laughs> blushing. Yeah. But like Melanie. When I first time I saw this, I was not making the connection. Like you know, he's watching this porno video and seeing her doing this dance. And he connects it that this is the dance that she was doing Instantly. in the window. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. put it together. I think, I think maybe it just didn't look similar enough to me. But, uh, yeah. The only, the only reason I put it together is the same song played again. <laughs> like, we That's did not it. hear yeah. that song. Yeah. Yeah. And it kicked right in. They must have played that at least five times anytime he went over to the telescope. And when she comes on screen wiggling her butt all over the place, that same song kicked in. <laughs> but you're right because... The reaction is such where he is seeing something, he's making some connection, but I totally understand that as a viewer, you'd be like, I don't know what's happening. What's going on right now? Why is he flipping out because of Melanie Griffith? And I mean, I love that De Palma goes to the trouble of showing him go to Tower Records and interacting (laughs) with a surly clerk, asking if he has it on VHS or just beta, like going back into the back room, renting his cassette. Like, yep. We get that whole scene. We don't need that scene. No, you, t- 
but yeah. you don't need that I just, at all. I like, I don't know, for some reason it makes me warm and fuzzy to think, you. oh, wow, you could go rent movies at a video yep. store like at midnight in L.A. Like, that was great. <laughs> that, that looks fun. <laughs> and I do like how this place is, this adult section at this place, it's not behind a beaded curtain and, you know, wood paneling and no windows. No, there's just windows. There's just, you could look yeah. back there. Kids <laughs> yeah. could press their faces up against there anytime they wanted. I, you, I just found he's, that hilarious. He's kind of putting it together that she might be the woman that he saw or, yes. or do you think he knows that or he thinks she just might be somehow involved or, i think or... he knows it instantly or i, I think that's what we're supposed to think is that he knows it immediately that's why he goes to rent the tape that's why he watches it fast forwards to that point watches it i think he totally gets it and then calls the porn company and just shows up for an audition, which this, this is committed this is crazy to solving to a murder. This 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 part is such like a absolutely wild swing, and I think this is where I'm like, okay, okay, Big I leave. love this movie. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. here he is. This is a this is a working actor. He's done a lot of like sitcoms and TV shows and like low budget movies, and he's just very casually making the decision to enter hardcore porno. <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah. just very casually, totally comfortable with it. He does not seem haunted or obsessed or or particularly bothered by all this. He's still kind of a uh, just a, no. a nice, amiable Midwestern dude who's just showing up Th- for an audition. This is where in any other quote unquote normal film, when that producer asked him to take off his clothes, there'd be this funny little back and forth and him yeah. stammering. Nope. It's just like, well, here goes the belt. And we cut to a music video slash porn. <gasps> it is amazing. And that is, again, it took so long to get here. But when this started, it was like, I am buckling up for what yeah. the rest of this movie is, because I hope it's just this music video on loop for the last half hour. I would have respected it so much if it just turned into a Gonzo Phantom of the Paradise musical <laughs> right. for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I'm, I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, I wouldn't be satisfied with this as a music video or as a porno. Like there's, there's, what right. is this movie? Who are they making right. it for? And it just immediately, and, and just the use of Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Relax, yes. okay? Yeah. That is kind of a song I think of as synonymous when you are parodying the 80s, when you want to get a yeah, scene sure. that is set in the 80s, like in a comedy, you use that song. And this is yeah. the first time it's being used. The, the, that song broke out from this movie. So, like, it's just kind of crazy it, to see, like, the origins of this, you know? It makes no sense. And I think I love... Because also, like, when are they shooting this? Like, later that day, the production values of this are off the charts, and they just brought this guy in for an audition? I, yeah, I he love comes how it's, from the audition to the glasses and the vest. I'm like, oh, and now he's in it. He got the part. Seemingly no time has passed. I, I just... I found it so wonderful. Even when he was reading sides with the producers, like, he, he has two lines he goes like yeah. i like to watch it makes me hot the end that's his whole audition yeah. like and if he nailed it off of that apparently like the producer was reading more lines than he was uh, yeah. so i don't know i mean they they cut away from any male nudity you know because this is not something that de palma is interested in but right. when when the sex scene with melanie griffith's character holly body finally happens we get the the rear projection again we yeah. get the spinning yes. thing, and I'm like, okay, wait, are we supposed to believe that, like, are, are we trying to imply that this is reminding him of 
Gloria or that this is the same person as Gloria or like what or is this just how he gets when he kisses women like well this is <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong I mean this literally switches between her yeah. and Gloria and Gloria yeah yeah, yeah. both yeah. it is so on the nose like do you understand audience do you get it they're the same person this guy's also really weird that he would even do this like <laughs> yes it's, it it's so great. I love how there's just a door that says sluts on it. Like everything there's about a this couple, is there's wonderful. There's a curtain, there's a door, there's, there's sluts, and sluts are this room. way, yeah. clearly labeled sluts. I like that Melanie Griffiths has a mistletoe tattoo on her left butt cheek. That's yeah. pretty yeah. sexy, I guess, and her assless leather pants. Um, and you said he looks fun. like Bill Maher, and I'm not going to disagree. But in this music no. video, I thought he looked just like Andy Dick for some reason. Oh my they were god! Able to make him look like Andy Dick. Because I the mean, they and everything. Yeah, I could see it. They give him a very like sitcom dad sweater and these dorky yep. glasses. Yes. And I love watching him try to dance as he's walking through this club. He's just like, so like like very light shoulder bopping, and that's how he dances. Yeah. And, and then just like transitions to having sex with Holly in a bathroom, a scene that is kind of just blown over. It's like, okay, he, he just did this scene. And then we've got that amazing line of like uh, uh, the production assistant coming up and saying, where's the cum shot? We're making a uh, porno, not <laughs> oh, last yeah. tango. Right. <laughs> and fun fact, that production assistant, Rob Paulson, uh, voice actor and the voice of uh, Yakko Warner on Animaniacs. Oh, my oh, God. Really? Okay. And uh, I think, I think Leonardo, Leonardo from the Ninja Turtles. He's a bunch of different Jeez. voices. So, who, oh who knew yeah. he had a cum shot line? <laughs> but it appears, it appears that everybody, the director, producer, they love it. Like, they're just like, no, no, no. This is great. Great chemistry between these two. Yeah. yeah. They're digging it. Again, with the with the Boogie Nights parallels, but like this, it, they're reacting to it the way everyone reacts to watching Dirk Diggler's first scene. They're just like in awe, of this, <laughs> yeah, in awe of this young man's yeah. talent. It's just like, okay, I've this seen no evidence man. of this to, to date. But so whatever. this is where he decides to take on a new personality as a porn. I don't know what is he a producer? producer. He says he yeah. is. He's okay. a producer. Yeah. And this yeah, is when he's yeah. all over Melanie Griffith, and he's like, "I want you in my movies." Blah blah blah. Like we said earlier, she gives him her list of demands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no animals. No fist fucking. No shaved pussy. And I get two thousand dollars a day. Oh, Jamie, yep. you missed it. No water sports either. Oh yeah. Oh all water right. Sports. That yeah. was great. <laughs> So like wakeboarding. Um, just oh, a, and no, her, she knows her routine is hot yeah. too. She says, "Yeah, I've got my routine. It's a ten on the Peter <laughs> on meter. the Peter meter. Oh my god, <laughs> so that's gross. that's my favorite line of the whole movie because it's it's <laughs> so unbelievably wonderful. stupid. Yep. Uh, so good, and, and the ma- the fact that she manages to get that line out, you know, but like, <laughs> yes. I, I this is where you kind of see her performance kind of coming through. There's a moment where he says he's really impressed with her acting. And I just oh, love yes, her yes. face when she's watching that. Like she's so not used to hearing compliments about her mm-hmm. talent. You know, it's always about mm-hmm. her, her talent and, and her smile. And like nobody. Yeah, yeah. He says you have a beautiful. She's like body. He's yeah, smile. Yeah, and you're right. Her reactions are are. But you could see. Um, you could see her acting. You could see not see her acting, but you could see the depth in the character of like she was feeling. Yeah, it's genuine. It's great. Told, yeah, Where has this genuine. fun character been through this entire movie? But maybe it's yeah. all going to pay off here in the end because he gets her back to his place, mm-hmm. and 
it doesn't take too long before he totally fesses up and it's just like oh i'm not a producer i just want you here because i think i saw you dancing in that place he's look out the window there that place right there yeah uh yeah. was that you that was you right who hired you who hired you who hired you and this guy calls and i just love how he's like hey I'm gonna just have him talk, and you listen to the voice. I love how agreeable she is too. She's yeah, like, okay, fine. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. fine. Because before that, she's like, "You're a liar," and yep. I, she's I knew this out. was all too good to be yep. true. I'm getting out of here, and he's like, "There was a woman murdered. Do you not <laughs> see what what I'm getting at here?" And she's like, "Yeah, all right, murder, murder." Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll listen to your friend on the phone. Yes, yes, that is his voice. That is the guy that hired me. She's like, "I don't know. She's... He just told me he hired me, and I just did it." Even when she gets swept up into the action, she is deeply uninterested in anything that is going on yes. with this guy and yes. his, his quest. Like, she does not care. Uh, even when she's, like, emerging from a grave. <laughs> yes. Right. And how much time has passed? How long is he house-sitting? Like, what, how long has yeah. all of this taken in this movie at this point? And so, like, yeah, I don't she... Know. Is it a couple of nights? Is it... She goes out, like, just wandering Mulholland Drive, like, trying to flag someone down to give her a ride Mm -hmm. home. And he's on the phone with the police detective, and this is where he lays out his theory that it's Mm -hmm. Sam Bouchard. Like, again, we don't see him processing this at any point. Like, he just just knows, like, when Sam calls, it's like, oh, oh, okay, it's going to probably this guy. Can you tell? He's the only other guy in the movie. Can you, can you listen to his voice? <laughs> like, well, and, uh, we, do, we do see his process, which is just us watching scenes from earlier in the movie of him meeting him at these auditions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have yeah. to sit through all that stuff again. Yeah, and also someone, either De Palma or Greg Henry or the cinematographer, someone is really impressed with Greg Henry's butt because in every shot, he's, like, got his back <laughs> to us and he's, like, leaning over and, like, sticking his butt out. Like, they really yeah. want to see that man's, uh, that man's tushy. So, hey. So there's a lot that's happening here because, like you said, she's trying to fly down cars. We see people racing, which I hope that David Lynch was just doing this for the beginning of Mulholland Drive. Like, just from this movie with those people drag racing or whatever. And then mm. they were in that accident. Like, I just saw that there's a huge car crash. She's trying to fly someone else down because she's like, I don't yeah. know, these people crashed. And, of course, it's the evil Indian that picks her up in his Bronco. Right. Sure. He, he sees all this and takes off. So this is where I think this bad guy's plan has really just gone out the window and he doesn't know what else to do because they're at a traffic stop surrounded by cops and he's beating her with a tire iron. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, he's struck. And Jake comes down and they're arresting Jake. Yeah, yeah, because Jake's going, well, Jake comes off a little bit crazy, let's be honest. Yes. He, and he's always screaming about someone being murdered, but at the same time watching women do strip teases. So the officers are like, just calm down. He's like, but there's a woman in that car. There was an accident that happened. And he's like, but you're not looking. There's a woman in that car being murdered right now. And oh, it's like, all right. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Although, to his credit, he did witness another murder. A woman being driven. Like, everywhere he goes, this guy yeah. can just sense a woman being killed. And and in defense of the cops, Jake is very arrestable. Just lot, everything yeah. about his whole deal is like, I want to put this guy in yeah, custody. Very shifty guy. Yeah. Very shifty yeah. guy. I agree. But also yeah. there's a car that is in, you know, in line, but then making three Revs, point turn yeah. after three point turn, slamming on gas brakes, gas brakes to speed away. And the cops don't seem to have any issue with this whatsoever. No. no and that's the car the murder supposedly yes. taken place in. But, but Jake manages to get away on foot. 
mm-hmm. hops a fence to a reservoir. Yeah. That seems to be conveniently no- located right next uh, to the house. <laughs> yeah. All of this yeah. is within a half a mile from each other. All and within walking distance. Yeah. Or running if you're. Yeah. You know, this is when yeah. we also Murder find out that this guy's plan is terrible because his plan is not to murder this woman that he hired to do a striptease and then dispose of her body. His plan is to bury her alive. Yeah. This is a yeah. horrible. And also, he yeah. did he have that grave pre-dug? Cause yeah, because it's pretty deep. It's pretty deep. He had to do some hardcore... Maybe that giant drill. Oh, yeah, he just drill. used a drill. Okay. You think that would be quicker than using a shovel? <laughs> At least it'll break but up the soil. But where would he plug it in, though? That's right, no, good. He's got to plug it into the cigarette lighter with an extension cord. Ridiculous. Oh, my God. Uh. It's awesome. But And... It, and he just watches this all happen. This guy sit there and dig this grave next to a reservoir. As we mentioned earlier, he has another run-in with the dog. Yes. And then he falls, or he doesn't fall in. He is pulled into the grave by a mad Indian. But in the struggle, he rips off a <laughs> mask, which everyone knew about except for this idiot. And it is then, of course, revealed to be... What's the guy's name? I didn't write it down. Sam Bouchard, yeah. Sam, okay. Sam yeah. Bouchard. I love how he's just laying on the ground next to Melanie Griffith, who's just taking a nap, just totally snoozing yeah, it she out. She just took a yeah, little... Yeah, she's pretty fine. She yeah, just got she, knocked a little unconscious. Yeah. 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 And then No blood, though. Yeah. His, All you have to do to this guy is just push him down slightly, oh. and he is out of commission. Like, he's done. <laughs> 100%, it's his you know, his crippling claustrophobia comes back. And then for just a hot minute, we are treated to, was this all just a dream? Is he still on set at this place? Oh. I found that infuriating. Yeah. Very funny. Like all at the same time. Cause I was like, well, there's no way that this is what's happening here, but I'm in to it like just do it just just do it just let us think that this was all just a dream for a minute maybe and again this is a nutso thing to go back to because this seems yeah. to be implying that this film shoot is kind of the source of his trauma like this is the, yeah, exactly. the beginning of his claustrophobia like exactly. this is what caused it this is the demon that he needs to slay in order to like overcome his yes. fears and save the day like really like the, this this shitty movie where he had a panic attack is like his yeah. his big like uh his rosebud you know like i don't yep. know it's <laughs> it's uh it, it doesn't really make sense it kind of slows the movie down but mm-hmm. like uh, luckily this is not a dream like it's just right. him no, having no, no. A pep talk but yeah but what cures him of this is the figment of his imagination, Dennis Franz, saying, you better get this fucking shot, kid. And suddenly he is cured, he's fine, and then he's able to get up and have a last fight with this dude. And, I and apparently, like, fantasy yeah. Franz and real-life Franz were in communication somehow because he puts him back <laughs> right. in the fucking movie. It's like, well, you did a great job in that hallucination you were having, so I thought I should put you back in, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. I need a quick cut of Dennis Franz waking up in cold sweats, being like, well, that was a weird dream. I better get that guy on the phone. <laughs> I, oh, call Babe. Yep. So <laughs> he is killed by his own dog, which seems like a really weird thing to. After the dog jumps through a car yes. window, that dog is yes. made of titanium. Yeah. yeah. It's a wolf dog. It's definitely a wolf dog. Yeah. It busts through the car window. 
It starts running and he goes, kill, kill. And all our hero has to do is duck slightly. And both the dog <laughs> and this murderer are dispatched together yeah. by falling into this reservoir and being washed away. And then Killer's Holly gone. wakes up and kind of gives him the third degree for being a pervert. And uh, yep. Yeah, for being a necrophiliac. <laughs> yeah. And then fade to black. And then it's one final different, totally different movie for the last couple of seconds of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, totally different. What are you talking about? He's dressed the same. <laughs> well, now it's now it's back to like. Yeah. Well, no, I mean in terms of body double, it's like oh, now oh, it's gotcha. uh, oh now now it's just a behind the scenes look at how movies are made. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever oh, wondered uh, what body Bloody doubles boobs. do in movies? Let's just hang out through the credits, and yeah. we'll teach you a thing yeah. or two. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. It, oh I mean, my God. I, I, I actually ab- appreciate that part. Like I like watching the process of it, even like in a fakey yes. way, like, you know, he's in the shower with the girl and they have to hold up a bar to like match eye lines yep. and then they have to swap in right. the other girl who's nude. And she's got notes about like not being too rough because she's on her period, which I thought was a nice yep. like <laughs> I, I think De Palma meant that as a sleazy detail, but I liked it as a real thing that like. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's something you would probably communicate to a yeah. professional actor you're working with. Yeah, like, uh, but yeah, I, and then we I get really like, did yeah. just, just like you, I enjoyed the end of this movie. Like, I enjoyed those closing credits. I was like, this is really interesting, and I don't watch credits. I'm not the person that sits in a movie after it's over and they sit through the credits. I'm, I'm not even a person that watches a Marvel movie and is like, well, I'm sure there's a stinger scene. I don't care. I'll just, whatever. I'll watch it online if I really care that much. But this yeah. had me watching the credits and I was like, movies don't do this to me. And this one totally did. Um, I'm not going to say it was too little too late, but uh, Jamie, maybe we should give our, our final thoughts here. And Steve, I guess I'll start with you because I can only assume since you watched this three times and you brought yeah. it for us to watch, uh, this is your favorite movie ever made? Oh, easily <laughs> favorite movie ever made. Uh, uh, definitely the best film of all time. No, all I right. mean, I, I, <laughs> it, is, it is such a fascinating curiosity to me. I, I, I like that it is this, this kind of failed synthesis of kind of these like grindhouse sensibilities with a Hollywood budget. Like I, I like the, I, I think there's kind of an abandon going on here. I think, I think uh, De Palma is like, you know, okay. I, I mean, he's given interviews. It's not just me speculating. He's given interviews saying that like he wanted to make the most Brian De Palma movie ever. He wanted to make the movie that mm. everyone thought he was mm-hmm. making all this time. And I think that gave him a lot of creative freedom to be just as weird as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. He indulges all of his worst excesses uh, mm-hmm. in you know ways that often are unpleasant to view, but it's also undeniably like a watchable movie. Like it's it's hard to even yeah. label it just like a straight up good bad movie. It's like this is this is like a trash film with some excellent craft behind it, and that <laughs> makes it really interesting to me. Well, and with that perspective of what you're saying that he he decided that this was just going to be kind of balls out to Palma, like that gives me a different refreshing point of view. I mean, I had never seen this before. Sure. I was going into it thinking it was literally about some, like I thought it was about stunt doubles. I didn't know. Or then I thought it was about porn doubles. Yeah. I didn't know. And then what we got, this crazy murder plot, I was like, this is goofy as all get up. But... But with that perspective, I'm like, okay, I've got, like you said, you kind of whether you hate it or love it, you've got to respect the the 
the statement he was trying to make <laughs> right. there. Um, the the audacity, yeah, 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 the, yeah. And you, I mean, again, when he's when he, he's at his peak like that, and he's able to do something like that, like kudos to you, and that's awesome. But I did I enjoy it? No. What I did enjoy is again. I didn't think I liked Melanie Griffith, and the few movies we've done of hers, uh, I've, and this included, I've enjoyed her. She's come out refreshing to me. Cherry Two Thousand, I really liked yeah. her in that. She um, she has like a you know she's she's maybe not the most traditional like strongest actress in the world, but she definitely yeah. has that quality. She has that that star quality that makes her incredibly and it charismatic. And maybe that yeah. she's she's in these movies. They will except for Working Girl that she, but that she's. Um, yeah, all of a sudden she comes at you and like, what is this movie? Oh, this I didn't know this movie is she it's she's exactly what I needed in yes, this movie right. to help make it through. You know, oh, she yeah. kinda her presence mm-hmm. kind of eases me subtly, softly, lulls yeah. me into okay, I can finish the rest of this movie. <laughs> Forty minutes left. <laughs> Melanie's with me. Hold my hand, girl. Come on. Let me I, see your tush. I Let's was... do this. <laughs> I was reading that uh, De Palma was trying to get a, a real uh, pornographic actress to play this part. And, ah. uh, and then he went with Melanie Griffith in the end. But I also don't think she's an accidental casting because famously she's the daughter of Tippi Hedren, who is one of right. Hitchcock's yeah. blondes, you know, like one of the famous, yeah. the, the star yeah. of the birds. Like, so I don't think it's an accident that she's uh, cast, <laughs> yeah. but she is great. And to be clear, like, yeah. this movie is fun uh de palma is not my cup of tea generally i think his interests are mm-hmm. generally pretty misogynist and creepy and this movie is really no exception but viewed kind of yeah. in that bubble and viewed in context of the rest of his career i think it's really interesting yeah i i think jamie i think i agree pretty much with what you said also what i love about what you said is you thought maybe this movie was about stunt doubles and i can only <laughs> assume that when you saw that woman working at the lingerie store you were like clearly this is isabella rosalina's stunt double so i guess i guess all this tracks no i i enjoy here's what i'll say and this is gonna this is a stupid cop out i enjoyed the parts i enjoyed but so much of it was really boring and and so yeah. tough to get to that point and i think I'm just burned out on De Palma and I always do feel like he's just a Hitchcock wannabe. And I know that that's unfair. I know he does other stuff. Um, but you know, I, I really enjoyed sisters except for maybe like the last 20 minutes of sisters is kind of bad. Um, and the movie I I like, I like original mission impossible a lot. Like I, I think when he's a director who needs to be, I think he, he, is somebody who kind of flourishes in the studio system because they curb a lot of his worst impulses, you know, like the untouchables (laughs) is the same way. Like he doesn't have a lot of his De Palma E tendencies in that. And it's not going for Mm -hmm. a Hitchcock thing and mission impossible. Isn't either. Like, I think he needs, I think he needs some suits to be watching him and be like, Nope, Nope. Put your pants on. No, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, And and I think that's the thing. I mean, it's really easy for me to say, I don't like De Palma, but then like you said, somebody will say, well, wait, don't you like the untouchables? I'm like, well, yeah, but that's not the Palma movie. He's just, he just happens to be making it (laughs) like, you know, like that's, that's my problem is the De Palma movies. Uh, Sure. Jamie, Mm. I'll just start with you. Go for it. I know. I'll put you you on the spot. 
Okay, not a problem. So I, as typical, I have more than one because one is a movie I haven't seen, but it's on my list to see. Great. Mm. And one is a movie I did see. So this it's called um, Body Double Two. You're like they yes, should really make this. Yes. And see what happens. No, I think actually I feel like our last guest or guest Laura might have recommended the Promising Young Woman that mm-hmm. new movie out that yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. And it seems like not that it's in the in this vein, but it's, it's sexually charged and it just but dark comedy and I haven't seen it though. So other than a recommendation to myself right. saying, watch this movie instead of body double, yeah. then there you go. And then the movie that I did see, um, and I really, I guess the similarities are, uh, that there's some nudity in it and, um, there's some cops that, that treat our main character unfairly, <laughs> but it's an excellent movie, actually. It's The People versus Billie Holiday. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, it's Andra seen Day, it. that singer. Mm-hmm. She does such a fabulous job playing Billie Holiday, and it's the story of Billie Holiday versus the government and, and all of the terrible things and Strange Fruit and that song. And, and um, the movie is just really well done. Andra Day plays a phenomenal ro- role as uh, even her voice is like Billie Holiday. I love Billie Holiday. And um, if you want some nudity, it's there. If you want some raunchy <laughs> sex scenes, it's in there. Because Billie Holiday was, you know, she was a, she was a sensual lady. Yeah. Um, so that's the recommendation I have seen. And the recommendation I haven't seen, more of a self-recommendation, Jamie, see this movie, is uh, Promising Young Women. I, I am going to second Jamie, see Promising Young Woman. It's, it's really okay. good. I will, um, I, will, I will third that, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Movie. Excellent. Okay, also, so it's on my I list, I don't guys. expect, or I would not expect, explicit sex scenes from a Billie Holiday biopic, so that is <laughs> shocking to me. Well, it's yeah. also, um, it's a it's a Lee Daniels movie, too. So, like, he did uh, uh, <coughs> The Paperboy and uh, yeah, Precious oh. and movies like that. So, yeah, yeah, we'll give you an idea. Yeah. I didn't see Precious. Really I saw done. The Paperboy. Nope. No, thank yep. you. That yep. is not for me. I don't know who that's for, but someone that's not me. Um, my recommendation isn't all that interesting. I said I don't like, uh, I like maybe two De Palma films, and I'm realizing that I do like more than two. Uh, but my favorite <laughs> one of his is, and it's from 81, Jamie. We can do it. I love Blowout. I think Blowout mm. is a oh. fantastic movie. Um, it's I've still John not Travolta. seen that one. What was that? I've still not seen that one. I have to check oh, it out. Oh, it's really great. I hear it's great. Um, yeah. yeah, John Travolta. I haven't Travolta's... seen it either. I'm assuming it's about people that get their yep. straight, curly hair straightened. That is exact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, John Travolta plays a hairstylist. <laughs> uh, no, he plays a movie sound engineer, and he's capturing like nature sounds at night. Like he wants to get sounds of oh. owls and stuff. And with his wonderful sound equipment, he overhears audio <gasps> of an assassination. And of course, then, you know, people are after him. It's got Nancy Allen in it. It's really, really great. It ends with him like this, this low shot. And you may have seen it in GIFs because it's, you know, anytime 4th of July is here. Um, It's a, it's the bicentennial and it's a low shot Uh of him holding someone who's dying while fireworks are just all around him behind him. It's a wonderful oh. final shot of a film. Wow. And okay. uh, yeah, it's, it's probably De Palma's favorite movie of, uh, or it's my favorite movie of his. So gotcha. uh, Steve, anything you want to recommend to people? Yeah, I can actually pull one that's somewhat tangentially related to elements sure. of this movie. Uh, I recently rewatched a movie I haven't seen in probably like 20 years uh, that showed up mm. on HBO Max. It was uh, The People versus Larry Flint mm. uh, with ah. Woody Harrelson playing a famous hustler, creator, pornographer, yeah. Larry Flint. 
I'm not a big fan of biopics, but this one is uh, written by uh, Larry Alexander and Scott Krasuski. I think those are their names. They're the same mm. guys who did uh, Ed Wood and most recently My mm. Name is Dolomite. I really mm. like their approach because they tend to they tend to do pretty straightforward biopics, but it's not mm-hmm. of like revered figures. It's it's people on the fringe. It's people lovable losers or, or people who had a weird impact kind of despite themselves. And I think this movie works in that regard as well. Uh, and the performances are all excellent. Woody Harrelson rules in mm-hmm. that movie. Courtney Love is so, mm-hmm. so good. Edward Norton's yeah, really yeah. good in that movie. And uh, it, it's funny and it's uh, it's vivid. And I believe it's a Milos Forman joint, uh, which is, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's, he's, he's great at what he does. Um, yeah, if, if you haven't dusted that one off, check it out. It's from 1996. Uh, definitely yeah. worth revisiting if you haven't seen it. Awesome. awesome. Well, again, yeah. Steve, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you taking oh. the time. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on on Ultra 64 or what the show is for people that aren't aware? Absolutely. Yeah. So I host uh, Ultra 64 with my friend Woody Siskowski. Uh, The first season we were playing through every single game in the Nintendo 64 catalog. It was released in North America. Ah. We wrapped that up and we have now moved on to the Wii U. I own every Wii U game as well. It's an unloved system awesome. that people kind of slept on, huh? and we're we're playing through all of those right now. I think we're about uh, about twenty episodes deep on the Wii U series, and uh, a good ways <laughs> to go. But uh, we're having a lot of fun doing that. Um, yeah, we're we're calling the new show Wii Universe, but you could still find us under uh, Ultra Sixty Four and all the social media and everything like that. Uh, we also have okay. a Patreon. It's uh, Patreon.com/slash/Ultra64Pod. And on the Patreon, we're doing kind of a different approach. We're playing through every game in a given series that uh, our audience uh, votes on. So right now we're playing every Ah. Tony Hawk game. Uh, And we've got a few episodes left of that series. So uh, you can check that out for $5 a month. Yeah. And and I would, I know I've said this to you, Steve. Um, I am not a video game person. I have played video games. They're things that I understand exist. Sure. I really enjoy your show. Like I don't Thank you. I, 90% Thank you. of the games you guys are talking about, I have no idea. I've never played <laughs> it. I have no interest. <laughs> um, but you guys have great chemistry and I just listen because I enjoy listening to you too. So I well, would really you. suggest even if people don't, Maybe you're not into games. I enjoy your podcast. I enjoy the, the two of you talking. So, well, thanks, man. I appreciate. Yeah, I have to it. say, I, I don't listen it. to pod. I don't <laughs> listen to podcasts, but just having you on our podcast, you're very interesting to listen to and very thoughtful and very. So, I think well, that yeah, you. I didn't. Um, I would I would listen to you talk about games or mostly anything. I mean, I, I watched this movie for you. I am, so. I'm hiding, <laughs> I hiding my face befi- behind my mic because I'm, I'm very flattered right now. So thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> That's very kind. Uh, thank you so much. I do always find that funny, Jamie, that you don't listen to podcast. Like the amount of times <laughs> that people have reached out to us, meaning just me. And they're like, would Jamie come on? I'm like, nope. Nope, and she's not gonna <laughs> listen to your show. Sorry, like I don't want to be mean, but I'm like, no. I'm always like, I'll gladly come on. I don't care. I'll do anything. I'll talk about anything you want. I'll yeah. be there. Jamie, nope. Sorry, we're not yeah, a package yeah. deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky you watch the movies and want to talk to me for two hours every other week. So, <laughs> all right. But thanks again, Steve. Thanks for coming on. 
Anytime. And, thank uh, you. Everybody. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And everybody listening, uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another guest. Oh, we're not done. We still have a whole no. month of summer remaining. They keep coming. Yeah. Get August. So we'll be back in two weeks to talk to another guest about a movie that they bring to us. Until then, everybody, have a great two weeks. Ciao. Relax, don't you Sardine. So we're going to do it at three, not at one. Got no, it. I don't make confusion. All right. One, two, oops, three. <laughs> okay. Wait, was I supposed to go on oops?